It's not another Buffalo podcast. The bi-weekly show hosted by three of the most underqualified sports personalities this side of the canal with John. All you people out there who are like, these idiots don't know anything. First of all, you're right. And second of all, Pat. I didn't think that the Vikings would get a W last week being 6-1, and one, which was also Josh Allen's coin flip record from the year 2021. And Rando. We have this trust built on, you know, whatever it is, like Bibles and gold bricks and whatever Brandon Bean's drinking over there. On Buffalo Rumbles. All right, welcome back to Not Another Buffalo Podcast. I'm John. I'm here with Pat and Brando here on a Wednesday evening. We're a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. You can find us on Twitter at NotBuffPodcast. And just a quick note on this episode, we're going to do our picks. We're going to do Brando's bets. And then after that second break at the end of the episode, Brandon's going to sit down with Merrick Brave of the Finsider, who is kind enough to join us on an episode, and he's going to do a little back and forth with him. So uh, so that'll be good. You can get a little of insight on how the Fins are looking at things this week, of course, with Tua out. Uh, so yeah, stay tuned for that at the end of this episode. And, uh, you know, if you want to skip through our stuff, just go ahead and fast forward. But uh, gentlemen, it is playoff week. It is quickly approaching. This episode comes out on Friday, which means the game will only be two days away from that point. How do you guys feel about the time slot, first of all? I love it. I, unless it's, I would have liked Saturday better, but you know, we have Monday off. So being able to come home, not think about having to go to school the next day after, I don't know, John, you probably work on Monday, right? Mr. Entrepreneur. Yeah. Work, yeah, yeah. Every day. Um, <laughs> so, Sundays included. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, Pat, do you have Monday off? Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, Martin Luther King. It'll be nice to be able to watch the rest of the games. But it's not going to be prime time without Tua, right? Like they're not going to. If it was a question at all, they're not putting Skylar Thompson on a prime slot. So I get it. Yeah, I think this might set a record for biggest spread in Wild Card Weekend. Believe it or not, which I don't even want to think about. It's probably like ten <laughs> points, isn't it? It's it was twelve and a half an hour ago. Thirteen. Jesus. is where it's at, according to ESPN. I, I mean, which, granted, this team did win with nine points against the Jets last week, but. Well, it was 11 if you count that safety on the last play of the game, but right. still, I mean, uh, I, oh, I don't know why they do this to us, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, every, every playoff game is antsy, right? Cause you know, it's, it's winter go home and you it's everything, this? but yeah, sorry, go ahead, this, this must've been from one day ago. Okay. The big favorites in the NFL playoffs since the year 2000, there have been 25 double digit spreads in NFL playoff games. According to Stathead. the largest spread was New England at minus 16 over Houston in 2016. If you guys remember that game, uh, Bill O'Brien, 9-7 and seven Houston Texans. Patriots won 34-16 covering the spread. Was that a wild card game or was that a divisional game? This is all playoffs. So the, let me see. I got the list. I, it's gotta, I think it's got to be, it's got to be a divisional game. Maybe not. It would, it would actually make sense that there's bigger spreads on wild card weekend. Although... Not historically, I guess, since you the first two seeds would get a bye. I got some upsets here. So the 2001 AFC Championship, New England plus 10 beats Pittsburgh. 2001 right. Super Bowl, New England plus 14 beats St. Louis. 2007 yeah. AFC Divisional, San Diego plus 11 beats Peyton Manning's Colts. 2007 Super Bowl, Giants 12 and a half point underdogs. What a great cover that is. Beats yep. New England. 2008 NFC Divisional, Arizona plus 10 beats Carolina. 2010 NFC Wildcards, Seattle 
plus 10 beats New Orleans. 2019 AFC Divisional, Tennessee beats Baltimore. Interesting. I don't know if that stat holds up. The one that I, I, when I saw it, I thought it said like biggest wild card spread in the last however many years. Yeah. So that Houston, Texas, New England Patriots game was a divisional round playoff. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine being the page? This is just like why things feel unfair. The Patriots are 14 point favorites against the Houston Texans. All they have to do is win that game. And and they go home for the AFC championship. Like it's pretty much like two bye weeks at that point. No offense, Texans. (laughs) So maybe that stat does hold up either way. The bills are 13 point favorites as of now, obviously that line could change before the game, but that's where we're going to pick it. Uh, But we're going to do this weekend's games in chronological order. So we're going to start with the Saturday games and then we're going to pick Buffalo third, because that'll be the third game in the lineup. So usually we pick Buffalo first, but uh, let's take it through the weekend in order. And uh, we're going to do some extra spread picking here because we have (laughs) decided to uh, make up the missing picks here. Pat's got four to do and Brandon's got one to do. So they're both going to pick San Francisco uh, and Seattle on the money line and versus the spread. And then Pat's going to do the same for the Minnesota game, the Cincinnati game and the Tampa Bay game. So uh, let's do some picks. For the guys to pick their picks in the pick six pickums. All right, first game of the weekend. We've got Seattle heading into San Francisco for a divisional matchup. San Francisco is favored by nine and a half points in this one. So, Pat, let me get your on the money line pick and then your spread pick as well. When you say money line, is that winner loser? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, lo- I love Geno Smith so much. I do, but like, it's just, I mean, Niners on the spread and the money line, unfortunately. And if I'm wrong, I would be okay with that. Brandon, what, what do you think? You're picking, uh, you're picking both as well. This will be your one conditional pickup to make up for the missing Jacksonville pick last week. I'm doing the same thing. I'm looking at the game logs between San Francisco and Seattle, and they played twice this year, obviously. First game was 7-27 to 27, San Fran. Second game was 21-13 San Fran. Um, they're good no matter what that defense is going to stop Geno Smith. Funny how Geno Smith was the fifth rated touchdown producer. I think he had 31 coming in behind Burrow, Allen, Mahomes, and I don't, I'm missing one, but that's all right. Um, so maybe, maybe it's closer, but I'm taking the Niners both sides. Nice. Nice. So you guys both have San Francisco minus nine and a half filled in for your picks from last week. Brandon, you're all set. And uh, I'm just going to take San Francisco on the money line here because that's an easy one. They're favored by nine and a half. They should win this game. And like you guys said, Geno Smith, I've rooted for you all year, but this is a tough ask um, at this point. But hey, then again, Jared Stidham looked pretty good against the San Francisco defense. So you never know when you uh, might have one of those weeks. So any given Sunday, really. Next up, we got Los Angeles, the Chargers heading into Jacksonville who is red hot at this point. The Chargers are favored by two in this game, but we won't be picking with the spread, just straight up. So, Brandon, if you want to give me your pick first on this one. I'm riding Jacksonville, maybe. I want Jacksonville. This is a. It could be a bad pick. Chargers are going to charger this game somehow, I think. Um, Trevor Lawrence, first playoff game. I'm, I'm picturing, and Justin Herbert's first playoff game, I'm picturing a Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen, 20... 
19 matchup style game. It's going to be close. Could be some crazy plays, both sides of it. Something crazy is going to happen. Some stupid mistake, some stupid play. You know, it'll come down to the wire, but give me Jacksonville. Pat, what about you? Justin Herbert on Eagles wings, on broken ribs. Uh, gotta, I got I to gotta, I gotta take the Chargers. Brandon, and, and unless Brandon State, well, I'm going to take the Chargers, but the only way they lose this game is if there's some sort of coaching error on Brandon Staley's part, in which case he probably shouldn't have a job anymore. But yeah, give me the Chargers. <laughs> Pat, I'm with you on this one. I think uh, I think Justin Herbert shines in his first playoff game and uh, you know prevents you getting any fuel to uh, make fun of him not winning a playoff game next year when we're talking about him in the... Uh, class of the well, AFC. I feel like so. Justin Herbert also didn't need a defensive touchdown to seal his fate into the playoffs, but I digress. You're right. <laughs> or play yeah. Joshua Doobie, Joshua Dobbs, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brandon, I'll tell you about this. So I had, I had an eight leg parlay <laughs> that I made of division winners halfway through the season. And Tennessee was the only one that didn't hit. Oh. So and that well, game, they were at like not, seven was, and three at one point. They were favored by a lot. They were like minus 300 at that point to win the division. So, uh, and Cincinnati was like plus 200 at that point. And I had them in that parlay. So I only had three bucks on it, but like still would have been a nice hundred bucks. So yep. thanks. Uh, thanks, Tennessee. Never rooting for you ever again. Um, not, not that I did before anyway, but so on the third game of the weekend, this will be Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Miami is coming to Buffalo. It might be chilly. Buffalo's favored by 13 points in this one. That's how we're going to pick it. Pat, how do you feel about this? I know you love big spreads. Yeah, I do. Bills to win, but not to cover. <laughs> Give me the Bills, baby. We're winning. We're covering. I don't think Skylar Thompson's going to keep up with Josh Allen enough. Give, you know, maybe oh. like 31 10. I like Bills. that score. Yeah. I might, I might even give him a couple more points at this point. Um, you think? On, I mean, Playoff games can be low scoring. I mean, what do we know about playoff games? Because we usually see these like cold weather games, running game, defense, this kind of stuff, low scoring. Everybody's, you know, really clamped down. And then last year we had (laughs) no one could stop the Bills offense whatsoever. So if we get any sort of repeat of that or playoff, Josh, like they're putting up 38 easy. So I'm going to pick the Bills to win and to cover like I have all year and like I will to the day I die. That's easy. But Going into the Sunday three o'clock window or the four o'clock window for you guys, Minnesota is hosting the Giants. The Vikings are favored by three in this game. So Pat, you have to pick this one spread and money line. So I guess we'll start with you on this one. Well, I think that the streets turn on Mr. Kirk Thuggins <laughs> and um, I, don't, I honestly don't think this Giants team is that bad. Um, give me the Giants to win and to uh, win by whatever. Well, I guess they don't really, all they need to do is win to cover the spread. So yeah. Yeah. All they need to do is lose by less than three to cover the spread. Yes. Yes. So that's interesting. I just, Kirk Cousins never won a playoff game. Really? Is that true? I'm almost certain. Frank, you look that up for me while I'm filling in the spreadsheet. Yeah. So Pat has the giants plus three. He has won one playoff game. Was he in Washington when he did it? Uh, Nope. Minnesota at new Orleans. January 5th, 2020, NFC wildcard. That would have been Drew Brees' last game. He went 19 of 31, 242, one touchdown, no interceptions. Well, I stand corrected, Kurt. Because I remember, obviously, the Minneapolis miracle. But that was right, Case. but that was, that was Case Keenum. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I was a little, when I was thinking Viking Saints. 
Yeah. So Kirk Cousins has a record of one and three in the playoffs in his career. So he's been to the playoffs three times, uh, won one game. Four times. No, he, he would have been three uh, the, times because if, if he if he won a game, he would have played two in the same year, right? One, one and three. Three times, you're right. Correct, correct, correct. And I want to say one of these games he played in didn't have a ton of... Well, I feel like didn't he play in a playoff game in Washington, though? I'm almost certain. Would that have been when RG3 blew out his knee? They might have made a wild card game at one point, but I don't remember. They definitely went like nine and seven that year so or something. I got him as two playoff games. So the first one would have been mop up duty after RG3 went out, and it was Washington versus Seattle when Seattle went on their Super Bowl run. But he only went three of 10, 31 yards. And then the next year, Washington, he played Green Bay, but he went 29 of 46 for 329, one touchdown. He only has one interception, three touchdowns, 775 yards, yeah, 86 so this is rating. Only a, He's pretty mediocre. So this is only a second playoff game as a Viking, which is interesting. This uh, would be third. his third. Third. Yeah. Third, yeah, yeah. you're so right. He yeah. has, he has second two playoff season. games with Washington, both wild card games. And then... Uh, in 2020, he played a wild card game with Minnesota against New Orleans and then lost in the divisional round versus San Francisco. All right. Well, thank you, boys. I didn't mean to be making you go through that. I just was oh, you're good. curious. You're good. We, uh, we're casual. We look stuff up on the show. We're not prepared. <laughs> Google's great. Everyone knows that. PFR, <laughs> man. Pro football reference for the W. All right. Brando, Giants or Minnesota, who you got for this game? Vikings. They're going to get one. Daniel Jones. I don't like Kirk Cousins, but I, I like Daniel Jones less. Justin Jefferson. You know, he's had a historic season, maybe you want to say, or just a really good season, historically speaking. But a historic fail for me in the fantasy playoffs. Put like yeah, a, yeah. Put, that's put like a, a point and a half up. But anyway, despite that, I'm picking Minnesota in this one, but I will be rooting for the Giants hard in this game. So uh, don't let me down, Daniel Jones. He's just got to get a haircut, man. Maybe that'll help. Next up, we've got Baltimore at Cincinnati. Cincinnati is favored by eight and a half in this one. So, Pat, you're still on spread duty from here on out. So, straight up and uh, how you like the line there. Uh, What is it? Nine points? Eight and a half. Eight and a half. Well, I don't think Lamar Jackson's going to play. From They said it's quote unquote an uphill battle, which once again, Greg Roman ruining another player's promising career but yeah now i gotta go with the with the Bengals, unfortunately and i like tyler huntley too but what are you gonna do all right pat's got cincinnati minus eight and a half filled in for his second to last pick brennan is is there any reason why you would pick baltimore in this game no no yeah i I, i'm with you guys on the cincinnati pick i don't think that there's any way i would take cincinnati to cover the spread in this instance as well i think that they're gonna they're gonna be firing on all cylinders so, uh, last game of the weekend. This is the Monday night matchup. I wonder if there'll be a Manning cast for this game. I can only hope because there's a good That's chance a good this one gets out of hand. But uh, knowing Dallas, who knows what's going to happen. Despite that, I am going to take Dallas. I'll go first on this one to keep it fair. I think this one is going to be a little bit too close for comfort. I'd love to see the blowout that Tom Brady deserves. But uh, I don't know. I even feel a little bit anxious picking against Tom Brady. Like I'm going to mess with the football gods or something like that. Like I should just pick Tom Brady so they will lose. But uh, Brent, how are you feeling about this game? I feel uneasy about it because of how bad Dak has played the last couple of weeks leading the league 
with interceptions, tying Davis Mills with 15. But this could be one of the games. It's going to come down to Micah Parsons, I really think. Brady and Mike Evans. Diggs is good on corner, but he is not a shutdown corner. He's a takeaway corner, right? We've kind of established that now with his career. And these little out routes all day long on their soft coverage with Mike Evans and Godwin. And I think it's going to be close. And I'm going to take Dallas. I don't, I don't know if that's accurate, but Dallas has the horses to beat Tampa. It, but, you know, it's Brady, right? And Brady can yeah. find a way to find these matchups. But I, I don't think Dallas is going to be stopped by Tampa's defense. So, Pat, you got two picks to make. You got two left. You have Dallas at Tampa Bay straight up. Who you got in that? I'm going to go with the Buccaneers. I think they went on a terrible call going their way. All right. Wow. All right. So if you're picking Tampa Bay straight up, then you would also take them plus two and a half, I'd assume, yeah, right? Yeah, fair. I love you, Dak. I hope my dad doesn't hear this, but like, I just, he's just, he, him and Tony Romo just are just, they, they, these Dallas quarterbacks are just cursed in the playoffs post, post Troy Aikman. All right. Well, that's our picks for the week. Just on that Tampa Bay thing right there for a second, is there anyone you'd want to beat more in the Super Bowl in the NFC than Tom Brady? Just if you could have it your way. I don't ever want to. I don't ever want Josh to play Tom Brady again. If he, because <laughs> if they meet in the Super Bowl and he wins, dude, I I might never watch football again. <laughs> Just not willing to take that risk, despite the reward of watching Brady lose in the playoffs while your team triumphs. Like, would that not cor- correct twenty years of wrongs? No. <laughs> no. It's funny. That's Brandon, funny. do you have any do you have any opinion? I don't there? know, man. I want to beat Brady so bad. It would just make it would be my life is like I could retire as a Bills fan. You know, I I would be cool. Not that I ever would, but like every box is checked at that point. You beat Brady, you win the Super Bowl. But if we were to lose, we would never I would never recover, probably. That's yeah. a that's a hole of all holes. Like you could win three Super Bowls after that. And oh, I mean, that would, feel, I, that that would help be me. great. I'd be great. I'd be that would, help that. Just that get... would bring it all back. I'd be good after that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but still, it's like you lost, you know, Brady was your kryptonite. But yeah, I'm just glad that they're beating Belichick regularly, honestly, because I mean, you've got it. Not only was Belichick their kryptonite with the Patriots, but even in Super Bowl 25. So, uh, that really sucked anyway we got a lot to get to we've got brando's bets on the other side of this break so stick around we'll be right back for that Quoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The NFL playoff picture is locked in and my go-to place for wildcard round action is at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 
To kick off the road to the Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wild card round this weekend. Place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you get a free bet back up to $10. Action is so good. Why bet the NFL playoffs anywhere else? This Bills Dolphins game at home. It will be chilly. I see there's a little snow in the forecast. Josh Allen playoff. Josh Allen. What do you see there? Touchdown machine, rushing machine, defensively destroying everybody in their way. Take a look at the props. Take a look at receiving yards, rushing yards, whatever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code NABP for not another Buffalo podcast. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code NABP. Again, not another Buffalo podcast. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Brando's bet. And last year, Playoffs were profitable. I like playoff football. You get a good mix in this first round of blowouts and close games, I think, at least from my experience watching these games. So the one that I have right now, it's not crazy. Um, Right now, I got Bills minus six and a half and Bills over 23 and a half. And that's minus 165. And uh, I can tell you right now, I got 60 bucks on it to pay 100. So, you know, $40 payout. That's my big one this week. And, uh, you know, I, I talked to you all many times about not looking past this game. We, are, we shouldn't look past this game. It would be stupid to look past this game, no matter who's playing quarterback. But I need more money for when we play next week. So um, <laughs> betting wise, maybe like I'm looking it. past it a little bit. But what do you think, John? You got anything lined up this week? Well, I think that we should do a Twitter space on Saturday during the games. Right. We should do something. And uh, we'll just, you know, we'll be up watching the game together. We'll be on our phones and uh, talking about bets. And it'd be fun to uh, talk to some of the guys from the Fantasy League and anyone else who wants to uh, chat with us about bets. Because I've got, I've got a lot of thoughts on this one. I probably won't be actually putting money on any of them because I'm afraid to jinx the bills. I will. With my playoff You bets. tell me well, and I will. <laughs> Yeah. I'll listen to that financial advice that you give me. No, I'm just kidding. Not financial advice ever. Right. If it were me, my number one attractive touchdown score prop is a little bit surprising. Usually, you know, I pick a guy, you know, out of the main guys like Diggs, Knox, Davis, Singletary, even James Cook as of late. This week, I really like Buffalo Bills defense slash special teams at plus 450. Yeah. So that includes defensive touchdowns, Skylar Thompson pick six, as well as special teams touchdowns, Naheem Hines punt returns, kickoff returns, any of that. So plus 450, you are 5Xing your money and then some. So uh, I like that one. I also saw Armstead, their tackle, left tackle, their starting left tackle is going to be out. So, you know, you could get a strip sack. We got pretty fast linebackers. Matt Milano's already put one in the house. Maybe do we even talk about Micah Hyde? I don't think he plays, but well, I mean that was uh, we'll, we'll probably talk about this later in the show, won't we? So I'll, I'll hold off. Oh, this is it. We're, we're this is it. Off yeah, you, you tell <laughs> me. Oh, okay, well, then, I mean, me, yeah. I, I think he. I mean, if the Bills win this game, which we don't think I had more than one week at this show, we think about the week at hand because life is a garden. Dig it. Um, you know, but like, <laughs> let's say that let's say that we do let's say that we do win this week. Do you see Micah Hyde playing? 
I don't know. They said in March. They said March is his deadline. You get him back in the middle of January. He said he's healthy. Did you listen to his interview today? He said he was healthy. He felt great. He said he couldn't sleep last night because he was so excited. Um, but it's just the spine. I mean, I, I guess it's the same thing with Tua. Like you, spine. you know, it's just the yeah. spine. <laughs> rather, rather have this man be able to have function of his limbs than. I just want him back next year. True. Yeah. What about Jameson Crowder? I did. That would be cool. I don't think he'll play this week, but again, if you could get to Cincinnati or if you just, I don't want to look past this week, but if you can get to the next week, give him this time, let him ramp up. I don't even know. Was he wearing a non-contact jersey or not? He's got 21 days since he practiced to be activated. And then even when you're activated, you can keep him inactive on game day. If you wanted to hold him for a couple more days after that. Yeah. Um, but again, well, we're getting way too ahead of ourselves. I mean, what the Super Bowl is still what a month away, and well, then I, some. I mean, I I do have a question or two about this game day roster because I just want to. I feel like Khalil Shakir has played too well to have him sit out and bring up Cole Beasley and John Brown. But at the same time, I feel like you want that veteran presence. So who do you? I don't. I don't see him going with. You know, six this is outs. a very interesting question. I'm glad you brought this up, Pat, because I don't know. That's I, the only thing I was thinking about. Really, I think it might be game plan specific. To be honest with you, I haven't watched the all two all twenty two last week on John Brown and how, or even saw his snap counts. Obviously, he had the touchdown. I think Khalil Shakir is definitely going to be active. I don't think that they're going to make him inactive. Um, but I think when you're choosing between Cole Beasley and John Brown, I think it's a little bit game plan specific. I think you would go Cole Beasley in this case, um, and you're not worried about using up activations because they both can be activated unlimited times from the practice squad without signing to the active roster throughout the playoffs. So I, I I would think that they go Cole Beasley and Khalil Shakir, even though, you know, John Brown's got that speed element that was pretty nice that last game. So I don't know. Yeah. What, Brandon, what do, you, what do you think? I think you, after Shakir, he had a good week last week. And Beasley, I think you activate him just in case you need a third and Cole, right? You In case you need him, it's better to have him than not have him. Who are you going to scratch instead? I don't know. Maybe one of your extra rotation, rotational D linemen. Maybe because you, I mean you they, might they usually have D-line. like what six linebackers active on game day, and they only have <laughs> two on the only field at two. any given point. But those guys are specialty maces. Yeah, for sure. so those we are like Medicavich, you know, yeah. of course. And you know, we've always got Taiwan Jones at the well, running back position. AJ Klein was on the field during both of those kick return touchdowns, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah, no, AJ Klein is you. you He's he's on the field. I, I don't think you take him off the field. I don't think you changed the special teams at all this week, right? After coming off of that. I think AJ Klein is your best backup linebacker if Tremaine or Milano comes out at this point, which is, it's crazy. These guys were not even on the roster at the beginning of the season and they were, you know, it's like the band just got back together. It's, it's crazy how things came full circle, but you know, these guys that we were a little bit sentimental about losing, I mean, it's like they're back. It's, it's perfect. You know, you win the Super Bowl this year. Not trying to get ahead of myself, knock on wood and everything, but it's going to be pretty special. So anyway, we got a uh, possible segment coming after this. Brandon is getting on the mic with the person who runs the Finsider, which is the SB Nation affiliate uh, for the Dolphins. So he's going to be recording that tomorrow. Um, if that all works out, then it will be appearing right after this. Maybe, might throw a little ad break in here uh, before it, but if not, this is the end of the episode. <laughs> Um, but I'm sure that'll be there. Um, and uh, Brandon's going to do a good job because he always does. So uh, appreciate it. I appreciate it. A little that. extra time for Brando. 
I was just reading a tweet that they were comparing Skylar Thompson to Taylor Heineke coming into a playoff game. Um, and he battled, right? Do you remember his he game did. against Brady? He, he battled. He did. Um, we'll see what they have to say. I'm curious. So hopefully nice. tune nice. in, you know, we'll have him on. See what he has to say. All right, boys. Well, uh, next time we talk, I hope we'll be talking about a playoff win and uh, the next opponent. So uh, oh, if we lose, I'm going to lose my freaking mind. Yeah. Anyway, let's not uh, let's not project that. No. No. All right, boys. We'll see you next time. Go Bills. Go Bills. I am here with Merrick Brave from the Finsider SB Nation website, just like Buffalo Rumblings. Thank you for joining me this morning, Merrick. Hey, happy to be here. The Dolphins. What can we say about the Dolphins right now? And I want to start. I want to give you a little a little backstory here. So People in Buffalo can be brutal. And I, I put it in our show when I when I work the other game. I work at the games um, as a guest service ambassador. So I met every home game. And I really didn't like how Bills fans were during the Dolphins game when Dolphins came to Buffalo. I, I talked about it on the show. I'm not a fan like that. I'm not a, I'm not somebody who is into that. I like a, a little banter here and there is great. That's fine. But it, it gets aggressive. In the, and as we've kind of gotten ascending into the NFL, it's gotten worse from, from our perspective. So I always try to keep Bills fans in check, but my whole life, I've loved the Dolphins colors. I love the logo. My first Jersey ever, my dad went to Miami for a business trip and he got me a Ricky Williams teal green Jersey. Oh, nice. Um, So, and I ended up in Buffalo. I'm a diehard Bills fan, but I have, uh, you know, I I don't hate the Dolphins like everybody else does here. So I want to start with that. Um, But having this matchup this week, I was worried about it all year long because the Dolphins have the firepower. They have the defense, they have the weapons and they have the scheme that can really give us fits. But unfortunately we're not going to see the game played that we want to see played because of the injuries. So tell me a little bit about what you think we should expect this weekend. Well, I mean, like you said, this was actually a pretty even matchup this year uh, between two games the Bills scored 51 points. The Dolphins scored 50 points. It literally cannot get any closer than that. Yep. Uh, they split the season series. Miami won down in Miami. Buffalo won up in Buffalo. You know, we had our heat and humidity on our <laughs> side early in the season. And you guys have the cold and the snow on your side late in the season. Um, so now the Dolphins will travel to Orchard Park once again. Uh looking at the weather it doesn't look terrible you know it looks cold you know i'm from iowa i'm not from miami florida so when i see 30 degrees in january i'm like okay that's not too bad we can handle that it's good football Um, weather in january sure certainly it's going to feel cold for the miami dolphins who have been living in south florida all season long but you know they went up there uh just a few weeks ago played in prime time and they nearly took Another one from the Bills. They nearly swept the season series. That didn't happen. The Bills were able to come away with the victory, but obviously this Miami Dolphins team looks a lot different than the the Miami Dolphins team from just a few weeks ago that that took the Bills to the limits. And that starts with the quarterback position, like you said. Tua Tungavailoa ruled out yesterday by uh, head coach Mike McDaniel will not play in this game. That's really disappointing. You know, not just for for Tua and and the team. It's really disappointing for us as Dolphins fans. This fan base is kind of reeling. It's been pretty uh, pessimistic on those Twitter streets these last 24 hours. (laughs) And, And for good reason. This team is not the same team 
without Tua Tonga-Vailoa under center. You know, even when Teddy Bridgewater's in there and he's questionable with a, a dislocated pinking, uh, pinky on his throwing hand, uh, even when Teddy's in there, it's just not the same offense. This offense was built around Tua Tonga-Vailoa's skill set, uh, timing, accuracy, uh, going through his reads and his progressions and getting the ball to the open receiver. And he did that really, really well this year under uh, Mike McDaniel's new scheme. He thrived. Teddy, not so much. And then, you know, with Teddy questionable, you're possibly looking at and likely looking at a rookie seventh round quarterback, Skylar Thompson, starting this game like he did last week in the victory against the Jets. Now, that offense only put up nine points. Uh, they got a safety at the end of the game on that lateral play that the Jets were trying to do to to run the score up to 11. I mean, that's what we're that's what we're <laughs> dealing with now, that when we run the score up, it's only to 11 points. <laughs> But the offense only mustered nine points under Skylar Thompson. And you know what? That's kind of to be expected. Rookie seventh round quarterbacks don't usually have a lot of success. I think a lot of people get their hopes up seeing what Brock Purdy's doing in San Francisco. But that's 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 an outlier. That's not he's a, racking a the bar thing. for everybody else. He's, yeah, yeah. He's not the he's not the norm, right? He's yeah, not he's the norm. Legitimately, probably the only successful rookie seventh round quarterback in the history of the game. So yeah. to expect Skyler to come out and play to that level is just unrealistic. And the Dolphins are really, really facing an uphill battle uh, on Sunday against the Buffalo Bills, one of the best teams, if not the best team in the NFL. So, I mean, I'm not trying to get ahead of myself here, but I think it's going to be a pretty rough go of things for the Dolphins on Sunday. But hey, you know, once you get to the dance, you never know what can happen. That's a good way to put it. And it's really upsetting about Tua. I like Tua a lot. He's a great leader. He's a good young man. And to see what happened to him this season with his head injury and his battle with concussions, it's really scary to see how quickly things can fall off the rails. One of my closest friends is a Dolphins fan and she loves Tua. And we were talking the other day and I'm like, this would be a guy that I would hire in an instant as a coordinator as a coach or something to just to keep him in the room if he's not ever gonna you know be healthy and, and protect his head but I, I think the the highest of Tua but it's not even just Tua on your injury report um, Armstead the left tackle right is blind well I guess it wouldn't be to his blind spot because he's the lefty but um, coming off the edge he's been battling injuries all year and uh, Mozart I'm a huge Mozart fan and he what did he break his thumb yeah, broken thumb, had surgery on Monday. Um, his status is certainly questionable for this one. Um, Dolphins ran the ball really well last time they played in Buffalo just a few weeks ago. So so getting Mostert back for this game would be would be a good thing for the Dolphins. Really questionable at this point, though. And, and not that the backfield is empty without him because uh, Wilson is a quality player coming out of the backfield. Both of them can attack with speed and quickness and cuts, lateral cuts, as well as vertical speed, which really the Bills have had a hard time tackling this season. I don't know if it's an outlier. It, it seems like against good running backs in this Sean McDermott era, we've seen Elvin Kamara gash us for some yards. We've seen Derrick Henry be contained, but get an 80 yard bomb here and there. And, and we saw Delvin cook do it against us this year. And, and Mozart did it a couple of weeks ago against us with the O-line injuries. The running game needs to be productive to have a chance for the dolphins to win. What do you think about the difference between Wilson and Mozart? 
Well, I think they're, they complement each other. Well, it's a nice one, two punch there. Um, similar styles, but Wilson's more of a bruiser. He likes to, to get North South a little bit more where Mostert likes to, he calls it riding the wave on that outside zone <laughs> scheme. He likes to just kind of bide his time trying to get to the edge. And then when he finds a crease, he likes to hit it and get upfield. Uh, and I think we've seen, you know, just the Dolphins luck, right? I think we've seen Mostert's best games over the last three weeks. And then of course he breaks his thumb and now he's questionable for this game on Sunday. I personally don't think he's going to play. So it will be more of a Jeff Wilson game. Uh, the Dolphins also have, um, Another back who who came from San Francisco, Savon Ahmed. Um, he yes. was actually here before Mike McDaniel was, uh, but he he has looked good in his limited opportunities this year. He he's a smaller back. He's shifty. He's quick. Um, so he should be able to get some run on Sunday if Mostert doesn't go. Um, but you're right. If the Dolphins want to have any chance against the Bills on Sunday, they're going to have to run the ball well, and that does a few things, right? You know, it, it keeps the clock moving. It shortens the game. It gives gives the Bills less op- opportunities on offense. Uh, as we've seen this year, for as great of a season as Josh Allen is having, and, and trust me, I know he was my fantasy quarterback this year, so <laughs> so I wasn't I wasn't too upset when he was uh, winning game three, y'all. But uh, for as great of a quarterback as Josh Allen is, he does have a propensity to turn the ball over. Uh, he's thrown uh, a number of interceptions this year, had a few fumbles as well. Uh, I think I read a stat yesterday that he averages over at least one turnover per game. So if the Dolphins want to have any chance of winning this, they have to run the ball well, uh, hopefully get a couple turnovers from Josh Allen, maybe in plus territory, because I mean, even if they, they get a turnover, they're on their side of the field. It'll be very difficult for this offense to move the ball with Skylar Thompson under center. But, you know, having most healthy would be great. I don't, think we're going to see it, but Jeff Wilson and Savan Ahmed can carry the load when they're pressed into duty. That's a good point. And it's interesting that you say that about Josh and his turnover history, because in Buffalo, we know that he's capable of having a lot of turnovers in a game. We've seen it a couple times this year, but the thing about it is he's very streaky. So he might throw, he threw two and had a fumble against the Jets. So that's three in one game. And then he went four games with nothing where he kind of reverts to a star game manager type quarterback where he can make the plays that he needs to, but you might see him hesitate a little bit. He might double clutch it because in his brain, he can hear the coaches reaming him out in the film (laughs) room being like, don't do it, Josh. We don't need you to do that. We don't need (laughs) you to do that. Those turnovers killed us against teams that we should have beat that, that jets game that we lost. It was terrible. Josh played terrible and it it cost us the game And, and having that just, they call him sugar high Josh out here. And uh, if that were to, if that switch were to flip, it could get bad, but playoff Josh seems to come in, listening to his Sinatra and his headphones to stay calm. He says, and uh, he, he turns into a different guy, but the dolphins, I think there is a blueprint here for that, the way that they could win. And, and you mentioned the running game and I agree tremendously about that, but the way that I would, I would say it first is you have two guys that are Bills killers on your team. Uh, one is named Tyree Kill and one is named Melvin Ingram. And as I'm looking at Melvin Ingram's stats, he's 4-1 and one all time against the Bills. He helped the Steelers upset the Bills last year in their season opener. And he played a big role in the win in Miami the first time. So like you said, Josh has had a couple of fumbles. Melvin Ingram's going to have to wreck the game, I think, from the defensive line and, and pair that with Christian Wilkins and... Um, the other guys that you have up there, you have a very strong defensive front and that could pose problems for this offense. But to get back to, to the run versus the pass game, I really think the key is to just 
fire these quick passes to Tyreek before you start running the ball. You got to get Buffalo to respect the pass before they stack the box. Because if you could get a couple of quick passes to Tyreek and he's able to finagle a few extra yards here and there just to prove that you can you can do that and we have to respect that, it's going to open up the running game. Whereas I remember the first time that you guys played, they they didn't really do that. They The Bills stacked the box from the get-go um, and, and forced the the Dolphins to pass out of it, which which they did at some time. Um, but but Tyreek had a really quiet game in Buffalo. Waddle was the one that exploded. And and we know Waddle's with dealing with an ankle injury. But but Tyreek said after that game, he's like, you'll, you'll never see me play like this again. And, and I think, what do you think about that? Just starting off with that quick passing game to get Buffalo to back out of the box? Or do you think Buffalo is just going to just going to come at Skylar Thompson all day long. It's tough because Skylar, he's just not a, a, a quality starting quarterback in the NFL just yet. And, you know, he's a rookie. He has time to, to get some seasoning and develop. Um, so it's tough to really count on him to be able to do the things that you need him to do, like feeding the ball to Tyreek Hill, feeding the ball to Jalen Waddle. Um, you would hope that Mike McDaniel can scheme up a game plan that simplifies things for Skyler, get some kind of a, a, a one read throw, you know, a quick slant, a screen. Um, I was on Finsider Radio with Josh Houts and, and Jake Mendel yesterday, and we were talking about what we would do to open this game. And with the Bills likely keying on the run, maybe that's a perfect time for a play action bomb. Just throw it as far as you can, see if Tyreek can beat everybody uh, downfield, run under the ball, and, and see if you can catch the Bills with one to. Uh, to open up the game. And even if that pass isn't completed, at least it could get, you know, the bills defenders thinking about that deep pass, uh, worried about that deep pass. And at the very least, it gets the linebackers to play a little bit deeper downfield and maybe opens up that run game a little bit more. Uh, but for the dolphins to have any chance, Mike McDaniel, he's a very creative coach. He's a very good young offensive mind. He's going to have to come out here with the best, most creative game plan he's ever had while also making it a very simple game plan. So that's try, so tricky. It's try, so, yeah, so tr- tricky, right? Try and solve that riddle. Make it very, very creative while also <laughs> making it very, very simple so that your rookie seventh round quarterback doesn't uh, have the backbreaking turnovers that could cost them the game pretty early on. That that's so true. It's such a conundrum to be in when, and I really like Mike McDaniels as a head coach. He, when you hear that, if they were to lose to the jets that they're going to fire and clean house, I'm like, bring him here. Let's, let's bring him <laughs> to Buffalo. I, we need a guy like him. Ken Dorsey, say what you want about him. He's gotten better as the season's gone along, but he's getting some head co- coaching looks now with the Panthers. And I really like Mike McDaniels, but this is one thing that I've been talking about a lot this year. The way that our secondary has played this year, we are used to having a top two, top three secondary, and we have not this year. We're in the bottom half of the league. And now without Hamlin and without Micah Hyde, who did practice this week for us, that if, he, if Micah Hyde could make it back, it's just it would be a game changer for Buffalo, but he's not going to play this week. So we're looking at Dean Marlowe as the backup safety, uh, a trade at a late round pick for him, but or Jaquan Johnson. And when we had Jaquan Johnson and DeMar Hamlin playing in the secondary in our first matchup against Miami, they got lit up. Pure and simple. They got lit up. It it was not a good outing for them. But you cannot play these quality receivers with low quality defense. And and you have to be able to help maybe bracket Tyreek and single waddle and and hopefully White can can take that matchup one on one. But like you said, 
Hill is the fastest guy on the field, and it's like playing schoolyard ball. Skyler, you throw it as high and as far as you can and let Tyreek outrun our secondary because I think he could do that, and a play like that wouldn't surprise me if they do that a couple of times. Even if he's covered, just give him a chance to go get the ball. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, from from our perspective as Dolphins fans, that's why we're so down on this game heading into it. You know, we're happy to be here. It's not very often that the Dolphins make the playoffs. This this is the first time that they've made the playoffs since 2016. Oh, by the way, in that game, they had to start their backup quarterback, Matt Moore, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's it's really tough being a Dolphins fan these days. But, uh, you know, that's why we're so down on this. We still have Tyreek Hill. We still have Jalen Waddle. We still have the receivers that can beat this bill secondary. The only problem is we don't have the quarterback who can get them the ball uh, with, with timing, with accuracy, allow them to, to turn up field and try and get some of that yak that Tyreek Hill says he likes to get drunk off of. But uh, you know, again, We'll see what happens. We'll see if there's any, you know, Dolphins magic uh, heading into this game again. I just, I don't see it happening. I'm absolutely predicting a Buffalo Bills victory, but I'm trying not to to get down on that fact. I'm, I'm trying not to dwell on that throughout the week because then it'll just make me miserable for a full week leading up to the game. Whereas I can stay positive now, enjoy the fact that the, that the Dolphins have a bonus game of football. Um, and a lot of teams can't say that this year. All the teams that didn't make the playoffs, they're, they're watching everybody else's team play. So I get to watch my team play in the playoffs for the first time since 2016. I'm going to eat some good food, drink some cold beers, hang out with my family and, and, uh, just say YOLO, man. Whatever happens, happens. <laughs> and that that's the, the best way to go about it. It reminds me a little bit of when the Bills broke the playoff drought. We weren't ravaged by injuries, but we snuck in. I want to say it was 17 because we beat the Dolphins in the last week. But nobody expected anything in the playoffs. It was a, the one of the worst games I ever watched. We lost 10 to 3 um against the Jags that first round but it's like we're we're happy to, to watch the extra game and it's tough because I really want to see our two teams be rivals again I want to see the the Kelly Marino stuff I, and we have that we had it this yep. year you know since since Josh came in and he's everybody kind of said he owns the Dolphins and, and he doesn't own them this year and it, it was a good win for you guys to make it a rivalry now and, and I I like that and, and it brings national attention to both the teams it's better for the league when the bills and dolphins play each other twice a year in good games. So I couldn't agree more, you know, for the longest time, at least in my adulthood, the bills were kind of the doormats of the AFC East. And then you got Josh Allen and and after his rookie year, he really progressed into literally maybe the best quarterback in the national football league. So you guys have a great squad. The dolphins finally, it looked this year, finally have their man at quarterback. You know, that's a big, if, if Tua can stay healthy going forward, but if he can, then this should be a great rivalry for many years to come. Yep. Quickly here. I want to know, cause I hope two of the best, I would like to see him stay in Miami, but what do you think the team does this year at the quarterback position? Do they stay stay the course or do they bring somebody back in? Do you, do you bring in a Gardner, a Gardner Minshew as a backup? Do you bring in an elite level backup quarterback in case Tua's injuries occur? Whereas it's not as big of a drop off to Teddy, which I thought you kind of did this year. Cause I did like Teddy, but watching that Vikings game, I remember Dolphins Vikings. It was yes. brutal watching Teddy yeah. play and, uh, and, and it was upsetting to me, but so what do you think? Happens yeah, there? I do think you, you stick with Tua for one more year, you know, all signs point to, I know there's a lot of people in the national media and on Twitter saying Tua should retire and never play another game of football. 
the man's an adult. Let him make his own decision. If the doctors clear him for activity and he wants to play again, then he will play again. And I think the Dolphins will bring him back next year. Uh, They'd kind of be silly not to. He's still on his rookie deal. And you saw this year when he was healthy, he played really, really well. I mean, he led the league in passer rating this season. He led the league in, in touchdown per attempt. He led the league in deep ball accuracy. Like he was... I want to say he had the highest yards per play too when he was in. Absolutely. He was one of the best quarterbacks in the national football league this year. When healthy, the health is really the only concern we have with Tua right now. So I think you give him the off season to rest up, you know, get his mind, right. He comes back. He's healthy. If he can stay healthy next year, then you give him that extension. You make him the quarterback of the future, but you're right. You do need to bring in that quality backup because Tua will probably miss games. He's not, He's not a large quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. Certainly not on uh, the same same size spectrum as as Josh Allen there. But uh, <laughs> you know, you bring in that quality backup. They tried to do that two years ago with Jacoby Brissett. They tried to do that this year with Teddy Bridgewater. The problem is those quarterbacks are not the same style of quarterback that Tua Tungavailoa is. But it's going to be hard to find somebody who is in that mold because two is such a unicorn, right? Like he, his, his superpowers are his timing and his accuracy and his quick release. And it's hard to find quarterbacks uh, that can do that these days. So I don't know who they'll target as a backup. I do think Tua sticks around as a starting quarterback for the Dolphins next year. And I think it's kind of a, a, a prove it year, not prove it with your skill set. I think he's already done that. It's a prove you can stay healthy kind of year. And if he can stay healthy, then I think we're cooking with gas. He'll get that extension and we'll see where it goes from there. But uh, I don't think Tua is retiring. I mean, every report this week was that Tua was trying to play. He had progressed enough in the concussion protocol to start working out. Uh, You know, Mike McDaniel had said that he without asking Tua where he's at in the the concussion protocol, because he didn't want to put any more undue stress on Tua, you know, he could see him sweating in the hallways of the Dolphins facility. You don't do that if you plan on retiring after the season's over. Clearly, he wants to play football. Clearly, he wants to be there for his teammates. It's killing him to not be able to start this playoff game, you know, and, and he... He is the reason why the Dolphins made the playoffs in his 12 games of action. The Dolphins won eight of those. The they only lost one game that two has started and finished. And that was to the bills in Buffalo. So and in a, in in a, a good, good game. game where, you know, they lost by a field goal. So so Tua wants to be here. I think the Dolphins want Tua to be here. They just want to see him stay healthy. So I think he gets one more year to prove whether or not he can stay healthy uh, as a starting quarterback in the NFL. And then if if for some reason he's unable to do so, then we definitely have to have that difficult conversation of do you move on from a young quarterback who has shown that he can play at an elite level in this league? Do you move on from him because of these injuries and try and start fresh? It's That's a difficult decision for the Dolphins to make because they haven't had a franchise quarterback since Dan Marino retired 22 years ago and it finally looked at the midway point this season that we had solved that riddle we had figured that puzzle out uh, and then of course because you know this team is cursed Tua goes down with another concussion and here we are again having this conversation of is Tua the guy have the Dolphins found their franchise quarterback or do they need to keep looking once again 
Somewhere in this world, Chad Pennington hears that <laughs> and stands up and says, "Hey, I won the division." He as sure the did, and for the and, uh, and I, uh, <laughs> I I was able to go to a game that year. It was actually the coldest game in Dolphins history. They played in Kansas City. It was like with wind chill, like negative ten degrees. So it was it was somewhat miserable, but they did win thirty eight to thirty one, and they won the division that year. Cool. Made the playoffs. What a game to be yeah. at! It was it was cool. 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 Actually, it was cold, very cold, but. Uh, I bet. But then what happens? <laughs> Chad funny. Bennington tears his shoulder in the playoff game, destroys <laughs> and, it, yeah. and, and then comes back the following season, tears tears his shoulder again right away, and we're on the hunt again for another quarterback. So finally, here I, I do a Brando's bets segment. We're sponsored by DraftKings on this show, and, and I said on on my segment earlier that I, I got the Bills minus six and over twenty three and a half. That's my biggest bet of the week so far, and I, I haven't really dug into over-unders and, and everything for the Dolphins yet. And I was wondering if you had any uh, anything that you were looking at for this week's uh, game. Well, I mean, I think you're safe there. Bills minus six. I, I yeah. think I think you're more than safe. You know, when, when it yeah. looked at the beginning of the week like there was a possibility that Tua was going to play, you saw that line creep down. I think it started at, at Dolphins plus 13, and then it moved all the way down to like Dolphins plus eight and a half at one point. Yeah, I saw it at yeah, eight and a half and at that, one point. That's when I took it. That's when I took six yeah. and a half because I was like eight and a half could be it looks like Tua is progressing and I want to get this before they say that he plays and it moves. Yeah, again. so I don't I don't right. know what what uh, odds you're going to get on it now, but hammer that Bills money line with everything you got uh, and try <laughs> to make a few bucks that way because there's in my mind, you know, I'd love to be optimistic here and say that there's a chance, uh, you know, do the old dumb and dumber uh, gifts. So you're saying there's a chance. There's <laughs> yeah. not a chance. The Dolphins yeah. aren't winning this football yeah. game. This is going to feel like a preseason game by the end of the third quarter. The Bills are going to be pulling their starters. Uh, you know, maybe take the under on Josh Allen's rushing yards because I I don't think he's going to need to run the ball at all. I think they're going to. Yeah, I was just talking about yeah, that. They're going to have this yep. one handily and yep. they're not going to want to put him in harm's way. Keep him rested and healthy yeah. for for next week when they'll actually have to uh go up against some stiffer competition yeah, people like to hammer overs in games like this so they think it's going to be a blah but the real play is to look at unders because these starters aren't they might not play the whole game and like that's a good it, it's it sucks so you don't want to see an nfl playoff game be a preseason game by the third quarter but that might be the reality of it and i hope it's not it, it looks like that's what it's going to be like this sunday i agree well, Merrick, I really appreciate your time here coming on with us. And like I said, I I like to, uh, and I like to see these two teams have good games, which they did this season. We were treated to two very good football games and I'm looking forward to the future next season, seeing more of these rivalry games and, and hopefully some healthy teams, both sides, you get to see the best football available. So thank you for your time today, Merrick. And again, we can find you on the Finsider, your columnists there on an SB Nation website, just like we are at Buffalo Rumbling. So again, thank you for your time, Merrick. And uh, I, I hope you enjoy your food and your beers on Sunday. <laughs> thank you very much, man. Appreciate you having me on. All right. Take care, everybody. Thank you very much. Thank you.